Hello? All right. Uh, so Eric, when I got with him and told him how I felt like the Lord was leading me down this path, I didn't think he was going to move so fast. <laughs> so um, I, I let him know that. And he's like, you're going to be all right, brother. Go up there and, and, and just put this message together. And it, it's amazing how we're walking, we're learning the series on walking with God. And um, since, I, since I got here, it's all about just trying to get closer to God, right? And it's just been such a blessing and such an impact on my walk because as I'm out here with you guys and I spent so much time with helping and going to the men's retreat and spending time with Jimmy and, and the young kids and stuff, I mean, you just see God working in your life. And, and I think that that is where I'm at right now, just uh, that point where I can't believe he's using someone like me to help and also to receive uh, the teaching that I'm getting from here, the advice, the support, very big support from here. So uh, this is going to get started in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you can all turn there, please. And while y'all are all turning there, I'll share a story with you real quick. So when I was younger, my parents, they uh, bought me a basketball hoop, right? And it was one of those adjustable ones that I could bring down to five foot, you know? And at 10 years old, I was already five six, and I haven't grown since. So <laughs> I... I, I really uh, got used to bringing it down as my dad would play with me, and he would let me just try to be like Mike, right? And all the neighborhood friends would come over, and it was just like, man, we're dunking on each other, just trying to be these, you know, Air Jordan kids, you know, just trying to have blast up there, just, just trying to be professionals. And when I got old enough to walk to the park, you know, I couldn't lower the rim at the park. And, you know, I really had a bad game. And a lot of these other kids in the neighborhood they were really good. So I had to spend a lot of time practicing, getting there a little bit earlier just so I could compete. And it's all about competition when you're in junior high, going into high school. And as I was thinking about that, a um, question came into my heart. And it was just, uh, man, it was just, do I bring God down to my level so that he could fit my profile? Or am I looking up at the God for who he is and as he's reaching out to me, am I reaching out to him? What kind of relationship am I having? Well, thinking about that question, and I, I mean, that was the months of thinking about it because I've been so busy and I, I felt distant. And the Lord led me to 1 Thessalonians. And in this letter, you're going to really see how Paul connects with the Thessalonians and how between the two of them in such a short amount of time, how Paul made an impact on them. And the Thessalonians, as they were out, Paul was so concerned about them, and he sends Timothy out. Timothy goes to Thessalonica, and he visits them and comes back to Paul with all this great news. Hey, they're walking with God. So in this letter, Paul really encourages them within this letter, and it's just such a blessing to be able to see how Paul is writing this letter to them, and on their end, the Thessalonian side, who are trying to be with God, they're reading this encouragement that Paul gives. And I, I, I was just like, whoa, how, being on the Thessalonian side as the receiver, hearing the words of encouragement from Paul, who's saying that he's encouraged by their walk, that whatever trials he's going through, he's able to overcome them. And, and I was just like, wow. So I kept reading this letter over and over and um, I won't be able to share it all with you today, but I do want to go over chapter one. And um, we'll just go ahead and let's go ahead and start on chapter one since Jeff already prayed for us. So, 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you already feel that part right now? That's Paul's prayer over them. He's already encouraging them by, the, by how their faith, love, and hope is. That that is what's getting them with God. That relation part is growing. And as we look at this, we're going to continue to look at faith, love, and hope. And I'm going to break down each one from what Paul writes and look at what's inside of faith. What, is, what do we go through? What's inside of love and also in hope? Um, I'll, I'll try to go through it quickly um, as we're going to have communion too. But, so it's going to be a lot out there. I just hope you all can keep up with me. And there's going to be questions because I love to challenge because I'm being challenged every day. So let's just go ahead and continue on verse 4. So we know, oh, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of suffering, a severe suffering, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we will not need to say anything about it. So first, we're going to look at faith. Now, there's three topics in faith that I was able to, that I want to be able to share with you. And the first one will be conviction. The second one is comfort. And the third one is consciousness. Now, I have them all with C's more from my part so that I can stay on track, kind of keep, stay focused. But I hope it could be good for you for your notes or remembering anything that the Lord is putting in your heart. So the first thing we do have to look at is the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Through conviction, we receive that through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of our relationship with God. So Jesus comes down to this earth filled by the Holy Spirit. He is God. And he knew that we were going to be, we, it is going to be hard for us to be able to, to live in this world and try to build this relationship with God. So in, in John chapter 14, he shares with us how those who listen to his commandments, right, will receive the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is called, the, he calls it the spirit of truth. So as we look at the power, we have to first realize before we can go and look at our faith, our faith starts with the Holy Spirit. It starts with Jesus Christ learning how he, uh, he got on the cross, how he died for us, how he came down for our sins. We do not truly understand that, and it's the Holy Spirit that's going to help us. So as we continue to, to look at these um, conviction, what is true conviction? Well, first, it's not the Holy Spirit just pointing his finger at you and just trying to make you feel guilty for everything you've done. He's not just trying to make you feel bad, like you're not worthy. So that's not true conviction. True conviction is the Holy Spirit revealing the truth to you. And the truth is God. He, he, he shows you God. He lets you know who God really is. And it is by that that you're able to 
uh, understand and understand how God, who God is, and how you really are not worthy or deserving of God's love or God's grace, but he, he gives it to us. Now, as when we look at the conviction into our lives, there's the Holy Spirit can do so, he uses so much around us, right, to help us to be able to see our convictions. He uses people, worship, he uses books. I mean, these are all things that the Holy Spirit uses others around you to be able to understand what's going on in your life. Now, as the Holy Spirit uses the people in your life, you get to see them at work or with your family, right? It, sometimes you just tend to stop. You get comfortable with hearing the Word of God. You get comfortable with hearing what it is that, that the Holy Spirit is showing around you. But I really want to look a little bit deeper than just uh, the people who are sharing God's Word with you, okay? How do you get closer to God? How are we going to try to get that next step closer? And that next step is by reading the Word of God. It's by taking God's Word and reading it and allowing the Holy Spirit to actually bring it into your heart so that you can make it personal with Him. I really like the way A.W. Tozer puts it. And he says, I don't want the world to define God to me. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal God to me. You see, it's the Holy Spirit is what gets you to be able to walk through this faith. And it's all a process when you're going through faith. A lot of people don't want to see past that conviction. They want to they want to limit those, the, the convictions. Once they reach a certain point, you just want to stop and be satisfied. I mean, I, I've done it because that's what I was thinking when I was thinking about bringing the rim down, right? I bring God down to my level, and I try to make him fit around my own convictions. And, and I try to just, just not let him really do all the work that he wants around me. I try to make him fit around the way I live. But if, if I really want a personal relationship with God, I have to go into the Word of God and really read what He has to tell me. And that's how the Holy Spirit makes it very personal for you. And, and I was, as I was reading His Word through 1 Thessalonians, I, I was just so amazed by how, um, you know, we, we, as the Thessalonians, they were convicted as they were being persecuted, right? They were being persecuted by Rome and the Jews, and then they were also facing the conviction of themselves, the sins that they were going through, anything that they had in their life that was keeping them away from God. I mean, it was a tough walk for them. And I think that I really do believe, <clears throat> excuse me, I really do believe it's the same for us now. Excuse me. And it's, it's hard in this world right now as we try to, look at God and and we work with God and try to do God's work and you know we go through all these trials and it gets very tough and we tend to just try to look good on the outside right what other people see what they see in you you know they just they you just care about what everybody else thinks well reading God's word and making it personal and really trying to get close to God by allowing his word to come into your heart, you get to really see what it is that you need to do to get closer to God as far as being comforted by the Holy Spirit 
and also uh, becoming consciousness, okay? So as we look at comfortness, uh, as we go through our convictions, right, it gets tough and we go through all these trials and situations. Through our faith, we get comforted. And how do we get comforted? That is through the Holy Spirit, okay? He says that we will get, joy will be given by the Holy Spirit. Now, we can't limit whatever it is that, that, that you're going through, whatever God's bringing into your life, and you see that it's, it's something you need to stop or that, that's in the way from you getting personal with, with God, you really need to um, look at the comfort. And remember when we went over uh, comforting with James? Do you all remember that? It was, it, we learned that it was not a physical healing. It was a spiritual healing right? It was through all the trials that we go through, we put all our faith into God. We put all our trust into him and we just allow, I mean, we, we, we watch the Holy Spirit bring joy into us. And as we begin to get closer to God, other people around you will, will see this joy. Now you don't give this joy just out to anyone, right? You can't give it. You can give love, but you can't give joy. The Holy Spirit gives the joy to you, and the others around you will see the joy, and they can, they can see how close you are with God by walking through some of these trials, and yet you're, you're walking in happiness, your joy, and you're, you're just truly accepting that Jesus Christ is in your life, and he, you're letting him impact others. So as we come down to consciousness, um, we read that it, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Now, the model, right, in the Greek, it's typos. Typos is the mark. It's the stamp. Caesar and governor, and the governor, they had their own mark, their own stamp, and they would place it over wax, right? And Paul is really trying to let them understand that it's that impact that we make. The model, what type of model are you? What kind of mark are you making on others? Okay? Is the mark, Greg, am I making my own mark on others? Or am I making a mark of Jesus Christ? That's the question that I was thinking about when I finished the faith. And I was really looking at how am I around others? And I was, as I was thinking about it, I had to look at it a little bit deeper a little bit more. So I came across another question. As I said, I have a lot of questions. Um, if, if every Christian in this church were like me, what kind of church would that be? You see, as, what kind of person am I to everyone who is around me? Do I just model myself around the people here? Do I do it at work? Wherever I go, wherever I am, I try to make sure I become a good model. And this all happens because of conviction and seeing the comfort, you're able to, to be awake and you're alive, that consciousness. You see it? You, you wake up and you're ready. You're ready to go out and live for Jesus Christ. And as we become these models, everyone around you will be able to see what type, how, how close you are to God. And I was truly um, thinking about this modeling and how I am. And I look at my wife and my kids, 
And as they are, are also walking, and I see their relationship. I mean, I, I watched my oldest son. He takes notes now as Pastor Eric's speaking. He's probably not taking too many right now while I'm speaking, but, <laughs> but, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but the, the, it, it's, it's that model, right? What kind of model am I to my children, to my wife, right, to the people around me? Well, it's amazing to know that the people here at this church, how many of you are great models? I mean, Byron and Diane, they, they called me over last night and gave, fed me dinner and prayed over me. And, and it was just, it, it, I, right now, I would already be, you know, but, man, it, they comforted me. They, they were just praying over me. It gave me confidence. And we went up to pray today, and, and the, the, the church, everybody's just praying for me. And, and it's just so amazing that the impact that Lighthouse is making into my life, that I'm also trying to use it to impact my family, my family in Houston, right? I just want to get closer. I want to get closer to doing God's work. I want to really prepare myself for him. And, and this church has really given me this lifting of, of just going out, serving God, and take the next step. Now, as I said, Eric and Jeff, um, they feel like this was time, and, and I'm, I'm really happy to be up here. I'm, I'm so excited to just continue to look at how my faith is going to grow. Um, it, it, and that's the other thing about faith, right? It's, it's a process. As you get convicted, you will be comforted. As you're comforted, you will, you will become, you become conscious, right? You're more alive, and it's just, how, how much do you really want to make it personal, right? I mean, I, I, here at this church, it is amazing. I go to my job, and there's a lot of believers actually here in California at my job. And I'm just like, wow, you know, we're talking about God. We're praying. I mean, we're getting projects now that are all green, and, and it's good because now I can work for 10 more years without worrying about what happens with the economy, with, whether it's Trump or whatever. I really get to just do my job and set a good uh, future for the boys as they prepare for college. And it is just truly amazing to be able to have people in my work and people, uh, we go to the stores. I mean, there's just so many people in faith and here in Costa Mesa. And you can see it. And it's such an inspiring moment for me that I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to do? Are they seeing it? You know? And I don't try to fake it. I'm talking about I, I go to God's word and I, and, I, and I use his word to come a part of me and be able to use it with others. And I, faith is just the key. It's the key. It's the beginning. And as we're going to go to the next one, it's going to be love. Now, Definitely, we all know 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 13, right? Faith, hope, love, the greatest is love. And that's what we follow. And I'm not taking any of that away. I truly believe in the love uh, that, that, that we're going to go over today, which is agape love. This is the love that God gives us. It's unconditional, no limits, no, nothing holding back. It's everything that he does for us. Now, to really understand this love, we have to really look at, at, at grasp the faith. The faith, it helps you build this love, understand the love that it really is, 
right? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus sent for us. So as we go on to verse 9, we're going to look at love. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. We're going to see console and committed. Now, when it comes to love, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really want to do it. It's the hardest thing for, topic for me. I mean, I'm barely learning how to grasp it. I'm barely learning how to, 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 to understand it. And I, I was just looking for a way to show it to you. So I just want to share the, the, parables, the parable of the uh, prodigal son, right? I'll just paraphrase it for you real quick, right? So the youngest son comes to the father, and he asks for his inheritance. And as he gets his inheritance, he runs off into the world, and he spends it all. And he notices really quickly he needs to go back home. And as he goes back home, what is his father? From a distance, he's running to him with open arms, covers him with clothes, and and gives him a feast. That's love. That is some really great love. But I'm still, I still don't quite understand it. And because I hear another son, the oldest son, he's out in the field, and he's coming in from working, being faithful, being obedient. And he walks in, and he sees this big festival, and he just goes to the, the servants. He's like, what's going on? And they're, they're just like, hey, your brother's back. You know, your dad's throwing a festival. Yeah, he wasn't quite happy with that. So as he stays outside of this festival, the father comes out to him. The father comes out to him with open arms. And he's like, come, come to the party. Let's celebrate your brother's return. No, I've been faithful to you. I've been obedient. And you've never done that for me. And it's amazing how the father responds. He says, son, everything is yours. Everything is yours. But you must realize why we celebrate. And that is because your son was lost. I mean, your brother was lost, and now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. That's the love. That's the agape love that I'm talking about. I, I don't really understand it. And, and, and I, I try grasping it, and I, and I think I get it, and... There I go again. I make a mistake, and I'm just like, okay, come on, Lord. How do, I, how, do, how do I do this? And he shows me my wife, my wife's love. I'm up here, and I get to talk about my wife who really, really, it's just hard for me to build on, to explain it to you. But she loves me, you know. I mean, she just loves me. When I come home from work and I open up the door, you know who's there? Lisa. Lisa's there. Sometimes all three of my boys are there. Sometimes just one. But Lisa's always there. She understands the consoling part. She knows that when I come in that door, on her attitude, on how she is with me, is how I am going to be with her. She makes that first step to make sure that she greets me with the love that I need after coming home from a long day, knowing that it's been rough, it's been tough. Sometimes after work, I come here and I'm with Jeff for an hour or two. 
And, and she just, she's there. She's there at the door. And I'm just, wow, she understands it. She understands the love. You understand the love. Lighthouse. When me, Lisa, and the boys walked in this door that first time, I shared the story before, but I got to share it again. Jeff, first person I see, his love that he shares with me, the right questions he asked. Then he leads me to Eric. The love he gives me, gives the boys and Lisa. Jimmy, as Eric was talking to me, Jimmy goes to my boys, and he sits with them. And it was just like, wow, you know. I felt the love here. And then after worship, when we did the greeting the first time, everybody came up to me. Some of you gave me kisses on the cheek. I was like, yeah, 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 this is, this is going to be good. But you guys shared that love. And because of the love that we saw, it was Jesus. We saw agape love here. And we still see it now. And when me, Lisa, and the boys were talking about which church we were going to go to, to commit ourselves to, Lighthouse was, there was no other. It was only Lighthouse. And the love that you guys give us, we want to give it back. We're committed. We're committed to being servants to God and committed to the people around Lighthouse. I just love you, Lighthouse. I really do. I do. And you guys are opening my heart to this agape love. And I'm, I'm learning it every day. Eric and Jeff, you know, Don, Rich, I mean, Byron, Dennis. I mean, there's just so many of you men. So many. Robert, right? John. I mean, I can go on. Tom. I mean, the men at the retreat, that love letting me speak on my testimony, not telling my wife that I did actually cry. (laughs) Man, you guys have been such an impact. Y'all are modeling it. Y'all are doing a good job. Y'all are doing God's work. And I'm inspired by that. And I'm looking at how to get closer. Now, some people have come up to me and say, oh, you're a man of God. You're, 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 You're walking with God. I want to get closer. I want to get close to him. As I was thinking about this, I remember the first time I went to the boys, you know, and I was like, guys, me and mom are going to be able to take you out of Disney World. And yeah, they were excited. They were shorter than me, John. So there was a time when I was taller than them. And, and the reason why I say that is because when we got there, the first night, it was a parade. And the boys, you know, they're not there for any of the princesses or anything like that. But when they saw the fireworks and the lights, oh, it was on. So we went there, and we watched this parade going by, and it's getting closer. So I get Joshua, and I put him on my shoulders, right? And I'm just holding on to him. And, it, and it's getting closer, and Ethan is pulling my arm. Dad, my turn. And I was like, man, I just grab him. I put him on this arm, and I'm like this. And I have both of them. And then I look, and I see Junior, and he's just tiptoeing, trying to see. And I bend down, and I grab him, and I have all three of them on my arms. And Lisa's behind me making sure they don't fall back. (laughs) Well, that's what God does for us. He's reaching out to me 
He's reaching out to you. Are you grabbing onto his arm, asking him to put you on his shoulders? Because when you get to get on his shoulders, he's not only going to show you what you want. He's going to show you what he has planned. And the closer you get to him, the more easier it is to see this plan. And a lot of times, it's like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm up here right now. I never thought I would ever have to speak in front of this many people about God. I never thought I would even be able to. As he puts me on his shoulders, I hold on to his head just like Tony or Joshua or mine, pulling my head back. I'm on him, and I'm just like, God, what do you have? What do you want me to do? I want to walk with you. I want to see your footprints. I want to make an impact on others, just like others did for me. I can't continue on how much love is to me from God. I mean, he's worked so, man, he's worked so much in my life. And I'm committed to him. I'm committed to him. When I gave my life to him, there was no turning back. People were telling me, ah, your wife's going to leave you. She didn't, because she went seeking the same person I did, Jesus Christ. She went and made her own personal relationship with him. I have a relationship. She has a relationship. Because of that relationship that she has and I have, we both have one relationship. We get to spend this relationship committed to those three boys to make men of God. That is what me and Lisa are really, really working on in our lives. And as I showed her some of this, she didn't really want to hear the whole message. She wanted to hear it for the first time. But when she really saw how I was trying to show her this love that, that God has, she was just really kind of impressed, you know, that I'm kind of almost getting it, right? I know what it is. When I open up that door, I give her a hug, a kiss, and eye contact. I make eye contact. I let her know that she's there. And that's what God is also doing with me. As I'm trying to get closer, he's making eye contact with me. He wants to make that eye contact, and he wants that with you. How close do you want to get to him? How close? Personally. I mean, as a church, we're truly blessed. We got great people here. But as a personal relationship, how is it? How close do you want to be with God? Because the next topic is hope. We all know what hope is. There's only one thing we're hoping for, and that's his return. Let me go, let's go ahead and read verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. We're going to see composed and calm. Yeah, we have to be composed and calm in this world. Those three words, to wait for, in the Greek is anamino. Anamino is to wait for one with the added notion of patience and trust.
That word, anamino, is only shown once in the Bible. And I researched it, I researched it, I researched it. Anamino, to wait for, this waiting for one is only in this verse. And the reason why it's in this verse is because one of the questions Thessalonians had was, we're going through all the conviction. We're, we're being comforted. We're going through all these trials. We love God. We know God loves us. But we're watching our brothers and sisters being persecuted. Where are they going? What's happening to them? Well, Paul shares that with us. He shares that with us in verse, on chapter 4, verse 16. And I could read this to you, or if you want, you could turn it. It's just one page over or two. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. He's coming. He's coming. And we're supposed to remain composed. This isn't a doctor's appointment. I've accepted Jesus. Where do I need to sit down and wait? You don't just set that appointment up. You, you do God's work. You serve God. You drop everything that is distracting you, everything that's holding your relationship with him, everything that's just, just not letting you commit to him. You drop it all. And it's hard sometimes because sometimes it involves loved ones, friends, there's such a bigger picture that Jesus gives us and that it's that he's coming. The clouds are going to open. Jesus Christ is going to call those that are dead. He's going to call those who are awake. You who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to see him face to face. You are going to see the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Creator. You are going to see Jesus Christ face to face, eye to eye. And we are to remain calm. This means that if you're accepting Christ for your first time today, you don't have to, to rush anything. All you do is make your commitment today. Sacrifice yourself today. Die to self today. Giving yourself to Christ. That's the commitment. That's the love. That's the trust. For those of us who have accepted the Lord, as we want to get closer to him, at this moment when we're looking at our God, Are you ready? Are you ready? I was hearing Adrian Rogers real quickly. He was talking about the rapture. 
And he talks about how on average a human being blinks 20,000 times. I don't know how he got that. But you could, anytime you do blink, Jesus could show up. We do not know when, but whatever time it is that he does, that you blink that one time and you open your eyes, you hear the voice, and you're going to be in front of Christ. And at that moment, are you ready for that? I'll go ahead and close with a quote by Matthew Henry. This will sum it all up. Wherever there is a true faith, it will work. It will affect both the heart and life. Faith works by love. It shows itself in love to God and love to our neighbor. And wherever there is a well-grounded hope of eternal life, this will appear by the exercise of patience. And it is a sign of sincerity when in all we do, we seek to approve ourselves to God. I ask myself the same question, am I ready? And I know you would love to hear the answer, but I'm not going to share it with you. But I will pray for all of us to prepare for this moment, committing ourselves to Jesus, walking with God, loving others, serving him, Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share your word, God. And I pray, Lord, for anyone out here who has not quite committed to you, Lord, that they will today. If they're thinking about it, I pray that they do today. And for those, Lord, who have accepted you and as they're walking with you, as they try to seek to get closer to you, God, please give us the strength to reach out to you as you pull us onto your shoulders. At that moment, Lord, face to face, eye to eye, looking at our King, our God. In Jesus' name, amen.
I am truly grateful that you guys are my family. I'm going to miss you this month. Enjoy the air conditioning. Um, let, let me just pray this last prayer over you. If, you. if you want, you can put out your hands. It's just kind of an, an act of submitting your life to God. Father God, we are yours. Every part of us, the, the stuff that we like to present to the world and the stuff that we're kind of ashamed of, it's all yours. We entrust it to you. Would you help us to live wisely? Would you show us how to respond in any and every moment? Would you remind us of your presence? And Holy Spirit, we invite you to terraform our hearts so that we, we know your will, Father, and then are willing to do it. Have your way with us so that as we leave here today, church doesn't end, now it begins. Let, help us to be the church. Jesus, in your holy name, amen. Have a wonderful day.